All right, everybody, welcome back. Just want to, uh, very excited to welcome a new guest. This is uh, Inside Look, South Jersey Girls Basketball. And uh, today I have a special guest. This is Jay Sepp. He's from uh, the head coach of Highland uh, High School Girls Basketball. And uh, he's been nice enough to kind of chat it up a little bit and uh, agree to be a guest. So I just want to welcome you uh, to the podcast. How are you doing, Jay? Um, well, thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, before we get started here, Mike, I just wanted to uh, uh, thank you so much for all you've been doing um, over the last year now for uh, South Jersey Girls Basketball. Um, I really enjoy your contact uh, content. Excuse me. I know that, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I hit you with, uh, you know, Twitter mentions all the time and, and stuff like that. And you're always nice enough to retweet my stuff and, uh, you know, you know, help me get my uh, kids information out there. And, and uh, you know, I think you do a great job. I love how you're trying to get information out there and, and uh, be a cheerleader for our kids and, and uh, spread information. Um, I love what you're doing. I love your information and uh, I'm glad to be here and, and uh, get to talk to you today. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, you know, we were talking earlier and, uh, you know, this is just fun. I love talking to the different coaches and players and I love meeting. I love meeting the parents. I'm a people person. So it gives me like a little outlet. You know, now that my girls are involved with sports and basketball, especially uh, it gets me involved in that area. But it gives me some, you know, gives them some space. You know, it lets them be who they want to be. And I can, you know, do my thing. And then, and then we can just enjoy watching their games. Um, so why don't we just talk about, you know, you know, where you grew up and about your family? Sure, sure. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I grew up in, uh, in Mount Ephraim, New Jersey. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I live now in uh, Medford Lakes, um, right around the corner from, uh, from you there in, uh, in uh, the Evesham Marlton area. Um, and uh, my wife and I, Rachel, um, are over here in Medford Lakes uh, with our daughter, Abigail, who's uh, eight years old in third grade. Um, and uh, our pup, Riley. Um, we love it out here. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's a great place to live for kids. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's also a great place to live for a basketball coach. I feel like I live in like the community of basketball coaches. Um, I walk around the corner. I, I, every time I walk my dog, I'm gone for two hours because I run into uh, Chrissy McGovern around the corner and I, I get stuck, to, you know, not stuck. I, I get the opportunity to talk to her and I run into Rob Hummel. Um, around the other corner and I talk to him or, you know, I run into Kevin Crutchy and I talk to him for a while. So, you know, it's a great place for a basketball coach because there's all sorts of basketball coaches. Brian Anderson lives around the corner, former coach of Shawnee. Um, I talk to him all the time. Well, every once in a while. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a great place for basketball coaches. It's a fun place for kids to live. It's cool. It's a cool opportunity to live here. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. All the kids either walk or ride their bike to school. I mean, it's just a great community to be in. Uh, you know, the kids have a lot of independence, but it's still a small town. They still know each other. Um, they know pretty much, uh, you know, all the kids in their in their grade and probably that school because it's, it is a small community. And it's just a fun place. And we talked about the Canoe Carnival. They're famous for the Canoe Carnival. Yeah. You know, that's just a great time. I mean, uh, it's just it's something that I guess started out so small and it's just grown and it's just so popular. And everybody knows Medford Lakes, either for the Cathedral in the Woods, or, uh, Riviera Pizza, which is kind of, I guess, Medford Lakes and uh the canoe carnival you know yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what for those for those people listening who don't know what canoe carnival is uh if you know what night in venice is in ocean city think uh night in venice but not with uh you know really expensive yachts think of night in venice on a canoe um that's uh that's uh the canoe carnival and and uh it's a lot of fun the, the town basically shuts down um bikes get left everywhere um people people just randomly walk um, if you live on a house, on a lake, your house is basically open to anybody who wants to come in. Um, it's a big party. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, it's it's a real good time. So I'm going to say about that, Mike. I don't yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> a lot of fun. So uh, where'd you go to high school? Uh, so I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Mount Ephraim. I went to Audubon High School. I graduated in 1995. Um, while I was over at Audubon, I uh, yeah, I loved my time at Audubon. Um, both my parents graduated from Audubon. Uh, my entire family went to the same high school. In fact, I still have relatives that go to Audubon High School today. Um, and uh, while I was there, I played football and basketball. Um, for uh, you know, for basketball, I played for uh, a guy named Don Borden, who's now the president of Camden County College. Um, who was a great coach. I love Don Borden. He's one of my mentors. Um, one of my favorite people that has ever lived. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed playing for him. Okay. So then after uh, high school, then you went to college. So what did you do in college? What did you study? Um, 
so I went to uh, I went to Rowan University and I studied history, uh, history and secondary education. Um, and uh, it, it, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a great time. Uh, I, I loved Rowan. I had the opportunity to live there for a little bit, um, which, uh, you know, probably wasn't the greatest fiscal decision, but it was a uh, it was a good growing decision. Um, <clears throat> learned to uh, be independent for a little bit and, uh, you know, got it got along that way. Um, I, you know, I didn't get the chance to play sports in college. Um, quite honestly, it just wasn't big, big enough, fast enough, strong enough. Um, you know, I, I grew a lot after from my junior year on I grew. Um, but even then, you know, I wasn't, you know, when I was at Rowan, their basketball team was competing for national titles. Um, and, you know, they had guys there that were, you know, six, eight and, you know, dunking on everybody. So, you know, I, I certainly wasn't that. Um, but, you know, played intramurals, had a lot of fun with that and still stayed active playing a lot of pickup basketball, um, playing in men's leagues. Um, you know, I, I started playing men's leagues as soon as I left high school, you know, started doing, doing stuff like that as well. So what made you become a teacher? Um, so I, uh, I, I had wonderful history teachers um, all throughout high school, uh, middle school and high school. Um, you know, I had teachers like uh, uh, a guy named Mr. Greg Francis, who was one of my favorite history teachers I ever had. Um, you know, Mr. Kevin Clements, who's now um, a, a vice principal down in Hamilton. Um, and then Don Borden, um, you know, they, these guys were, all history teachers, they were all coaches, um, and they made history come alive. They made school interesting. They made school fun for me. Um, and history was always something that I really just really liked talking about. I loved learning about. I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't stop reading about it. I couldn't stop watching things about it. Um, and I just wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to some of those guys. I talked to Mr. Francis. I talked to Mr. Clements. And Mr. Borden, and they said, hey, why don't you think about, you know, being a teacher? And, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, that's really the only thing I ever wanted to do. Um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be a coach. And, uh, you know, that's the only thing I ever planned on. So kind of glad it worked out. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. So let's talk about maybe some coaching for a little bit. So sure. you graduate from school, you know, obviously start working in the, in the field. Um, you know, getting experience, and uh, here you are, uh, you're getting into coaching. So how long have you been coaching? And then how did you get your start? Uh, it's a crazy story. I actually started coaching before I got a teaching job. Um, my, I student taught um, in 1999, the fall of 1999 at Highland High School. And uh, when I students, when I first started student teaching there, um, a guy named Tom Dottie um, was the assistant head coach for football. And uh, honestly, going into coaching, I thought football was going to be the thing that I was going to do. I loved coaching football. I loved everything about football. I wanted to do football. All I wanted to do was football. And uh, Tom Dottie grabbed me. He was another history teacher at Highland. And he's like, hey, you're going to come volunteer. You're going to be, you're going to coach football with us in the fall. I was like, okay. So I started working with Tom Dottie and he was the, he was the associate head coach. He was the defensive coordinator at Highland at the time. And, and we had a pretty good season that year. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I really fell in love with coaching at that point, especially working with Tom, um, learning how to game plan, learning how to prepare, watching film, um, you know, doing reports and, and stuff like that. And I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so that was before I even, I even got hired. The next fall, um, I was looking for a job. Um, yeah, I graduated from college. I was, or I was looking for a job over the summer and uh, a gentleman by the name of Dennis Vespi, who happened to live around the corner from where my parents live, um, was looking for a football coach. He was then head coach, head football coach at Triton High School. So he called me up and told me to come visit him at his house um, that, around the corner from where my parents lived. He interviewed me on the spot and hired me as an assistant football coach at Triton. I didn't even know I was going to an interview. I had probably had a pair of shorts on and a pair of sneakers. I didn't even know I was going in an interview. Dumb, dumb kid, just graduated college, right? Um, so, you know, he asked me, he goes, uh, what are you going to do, you know, for a job? Do you have any teaching jobs? I said, I've been on a couple of interviews. I haven't gotten anything yet. He goes, tomorrow, wear a shirt and tie and come see me at Triton. 
said, okay. So the next day I put on a shirt and tie and I go see him at Triton. By the end of that day, he had had me hired as an instructional aide at Triton. They made a, he had his buddy make a position for me at Triton as an instructional aide um, to get me in the building because he hired me as a football coach. So that's how I got my start. The fun thing is two weeks into the school year, a teacher at Highland resigned who happened to be a history teacher. And I got moved to Highland as a history teacher because they were in a lurch for a history teacher. And, and that's how I got over to there. Um, so I actually got my start coaching football. Um, that year I also, um, cause I was at Highland as a, uh, you know, as a teacher that first year, I volunteered as a basketball coach with the girls basketball program. Um, you know, I volunteered with the freshman girls basketball coach to work with her. She asked me to come out and help her. And, uh, you know, she had, she had a bunch of kids, she needed some help. So I went out and helped her and I really started liking coaching basketball. It's the first time I ever coached basketball, had a great time doing that. Um, the next year, a guy named Harold Little, um, who was the boys coach at Highland hired me as his freshman coach. I worked for him for two years. And then, uh, Dan McGettigan, who was the girls coach at Highland at the time, um, came and spoke to me, came and talked to me in, uh, 2003, the 2003, 2004 school year, his assistant coach had resigned and he needed a JV coach and asked me if he wanted somebody in the building, asked me if I would take his JV job. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take your JV job because, you know, that's a step up. That's a, you know, that's a step up from a freshman coach in my mind. Um, so I took his JV job and, you know, I worked with Dan for a number of years after that. And that was a great choice at that point because that team was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So what, you, what do you enjoy the most about coaching? Um, I'll tell you what, uh, coaching, the, the best, first of all, the best thing about coaching is relationships. You know, you, you get to meet so many people, the kids, you know, you, you get to get to see the kids on such a different level and such a different way. Um, you, the parents that you meet, um, the different coaches that you meet, um, you know, the people that you work with, it, it's such a, you, you get lifelong friends and, um, the relationships you develop with people is, you know, it, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. It's, it's, it's different. It's so different than teaching. Um, so the, probably that that's the best part, but I'm going to be honest. I love the competition. I love competing. I love preparing for competition. I love trying to figure out how to, you know, how we're going to be competitive, how we can win a game, how we can <clears throat> go in and, you know, un, you know, undo that defense or, you know, figure out that offense or whatever it is we have to do to win that game. Um, that, that competition is, uh, you know, it is something that I, that, that drives me. I, I love that aspect of coaching. Um, it, it's something that is very, um, you know, motivating for me. Um, and it, it's, it's hard to explain, I guess. It's just that it's just something that is, it's a lot of fun for me. That's pretty cool. So how would you describe your, your coaching philosophy? So, you know, what do you focus on and, and what do you believe in as far as, you know, when you're coaching that team? I'll tell you what, that, you know, that, that's, that's a great question. And I, and I, I made sure I prepared this because I wanted to make sure I had this one down because I know, you know, from watching, from watching your podcast, I know that you have, you asked this question. So I, I did prepare for this one, Mike, I'm going to tell you, um, you know, I, I think our philosophy is at this point, I want to help my athletes prepare to be the best versions of who they can be. Um, whether that's to be the best basketball player they can be like a kid like Ayanna Bay, who her freshman year, I thought I was going to have to get a new backboard because she was throwing the ball through it and then ends up being a thousand thousand point scorer and, you know, 980 rebounds in her high school career and goes on to be a two time, <clears throat> two time conference player of the year, division two All-American. You know, she's the best, best version of a basketball player she could be or if it's the best student that they can be. I have a kid named Lila Hagerman this year who, um, you know, is a four or five GPA and she's going to Cornell. You know, you know, it's like I want the kids to be able to be the best version of who they can be um, or if it's the best leader they can be. You know, I have had kids who weren't the greatest athletes who learn to be great leaders, you know, and, and use that, use what it is they learn in basketball and, and in sports to to become great leaders. So so we try to put them in this in the in the um, in the position to become the best versions of who they are. We also um, want to celebrate all their accomplishments. 
um, anything that they do, any any accomplishments that they get, we we celebrate the heck out of it. You know, we we want we want them we want to be as supportive and nurturing as possible to all of our kids, no matter how big or small. Um, and uh, I think probably our overall philosophy is that we it's a philosophy of family. Um, I tell my girls all the time that, and and it drives my wife up the wall, but I tell my kids all the time that you know that they're my daughters they're just there I treat them just like I treat my own kid um and I see them just like I see my own daughter um and, and that's how I view them and I would do anything for them yeah I think that's I think that's really necessary you know uh the family atmosphere I find um seems to be a common theme for a lot of the coaches and I think it, it really helps the kids you know especially you know when they're coming back and they're coming back to visit you and and you played an important role I think that's you know really important um, so what about your coaching style? Like, what kind of coach are you? Like, how would you describe, you know, how you are on the sidelines or in practices? Um, that's another good question. It's, it could change from day to day. Um, <laughs> and, 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 um, and honestly, I know that sounds silly. It does change year to year. It changes from group to group. So, you know, I think you have to evaluate your group. You know, there's, you know, there's teams that you're going to have where you're going to expect a whole lot out of. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure if, uh, you know, if you have a group like Ron Powell has where, you know, you, you have, you know, studs everywhere, you know, or a group that Elisa Steele has where you look around and you have 80 points looking at you on a given night, right? You know, you're going to you're going to coach that kid a lot differently than if you look around and you have kids who can't dribble, right? So you're going to coach them a whole lot differently and, and your style is going to be a whole lot different. Um, and And I've had both. I mean, I've been I've been 27 and two and I've been Oh, and 23. So uh, I've had both of those types of groups and, and, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta temper that based on who you are <laughs> and who you have. Um, I think my style, as far as who I am on the sideline has changed over the years. Um, I used to be one of those obnoxious scream at everything and scream at the officials and stomp up and down the sidelines and stuff like that. Um, and, and that, that I'm not going to lie that occasionally happens still every once in a while. Um, but it's much fewer and far between now than it used to be. Um, I, you know, you, you try not, I, I purposely try not to act like that anymore. We, we, you know, it's, it's much more focused now and much more directed to what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do. Um, you know, it's not a lot of yelling. Um, it's, you know, I'm loud. I mean, I'm just a loud person, but it's not screaming and yelling, not berating. Um, you know, my kids are, I treat my kids like I treat my daughter, honestly. And, you know, it's scolding, it's scolding private, praise in public. If, if, some, if they're not doing something right, they're the only one who's going to know. Yeah, you know, I'm not embarrassing kids in front of the gym. I'm not, I'm not screaming and yelling at them. Nobody else is going to know if they're not doing something right except for them. And I think the kids appreciate that and, and stuff like that. You know, have, do I have the occasion to yell every once in a while at an official? <laughs> um, you know, uh, that does happen. I think that happens to every coach every once in a while. <clears throat> um, I've seen the best coaches that happens to them every once in a while. And, and honestly, sometimes it happens because you're not uh, so much frustrated at the officials, but you're frustrated as what's going on. Um, but and you really can't yell at your kids that much. <laughs> Sorry, officials. I think it works out that way. And I think I know it's funny because Every, there's a network of coaches, there's a network of parents, there's a network of players, and there's a network of, of referees. And, and I would assume that, you know, most of them kind of get the, they get the idea of how things work. And it's just a part of the dynamics, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think at the end of the day, we all respect each other and um, they all just want to see, uh, you know, number one, a good game. So that, the, you know, the kids are having a good experience and it's good exposure for the teams. Um, everybody's safe. Uh, and then at, at the grand, at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's just really a game. And I think once you walk out of the gym, it's, it's, it's over and, you know, you get to move on, which is the, you know, the nice thing about sports. Uh, for sure. You know, it's never personal. It's never personal. Like I'm never personally upset with anybody. You know what I mean? It's like at the end of the game, it's like, Hey, good job. Have, have a great night. See you later. Yes, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so let's, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your teams because you, you had mentioned sure. that you had some really you know, successful teams over the years. And for me, that's really interesting. Um, one of the reasons why I find it interesting is that, you know, a lot of people don't know the history or and really know much about teams in, in South Jersey, yeah. um, especially if they're not from the area. 
So, um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your program history and, and maybe uh, you can talk about maybe your more successful years and, and go about that team a little bit. Talk about the sure. team. Sure, no problem. Uh, I'd be I'd be happy to. I love you know I, you know I love talking about history. So, um, you know I, I think that uh, as a program, Highland, um, you know, is it traditionally isn't one of the traditional powers of South Jersey, uh, for sure. But um, you know, Dan McGettigan did a great job in the early two thousands of helping to build Highland into a pretty good program. Um, he had a group of players um, that graduated in two thousand four that were exceptional. Um, our 2014, which I which I was fortunate enough to be on the coaching staff for, we were actually ranked number 22 in the country, um, and uh, we had 3,000 point scores. And one of those thousand point scores was actually a 2,000 plus point score. Um, that's Coach Lisa Steele over at Paul the Six, um, who actually played for me, and uh, you know actually works with me now right across the hall from me. So <laughs> so we see each other every day, um, but. Um, you know, we, we were really good. One of all three of those players were D1 basketball players. Um, you know, they all they all went and played. Uh, one of them ended up getting drafted into the WNBA and was a um, was a EuroLeague all star for a number of years. And, and um, you know, two of them coached uh, actually all three of them coached collegiately. Um, and, uh, you know, they that was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal group. Uh, of of players and and a team that we had that year in 2004 <clears throat> after that um you know obviously after losing that collection um you know we we were still competitive for a couple of years um you know i, I can recall uh playing a playoff game um either the following year or the year after that versus middle township and uh, i'm not sure if uh coach Leahy was the coach of middle township or not he'll have to uh, remind me um, but we played Middle Township in a playoff game, and uh, I believe the final score was 23 to 22. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Middle Township hit a shot at the buzzer to make it 23 to 22 at the buzzer at Highland. Um, and it was, uh, you know, and it was a great game to watch. I'll tell you what, it was a 23 to 22 game, and it was a great game to watch. Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was uh, defensively, you know, we, our defense was on point, their defense was on point and it, it was just a battle. Um, you know, obviously coach Leahy's team score a, uh, a lot more points now. Um, um, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he's, he does a great job down there. Um, but, um, you know, our, our program, you know, they, you know, once Dan, you know, he, he left, he went down to St. Joe's and, and built a pretty nice program down at St. Joe's. Um, I took over um, at Highland in uh, the 2008 season, um, and uh, you know I had to start rebuilding, and it took a couple of years to rebuild. <clears throat> um, took several years to rebuild. Um, there was an o, an Ofer season in there, quite honestly, um, where uh, you know, like I said, we worked every day on this is how you dribble, this is how you dribble, this is how you shoot the ball, um, and. Um, we got back to the playoffs a couple of years after that. And, and, uh, you know, we, we've been able to, you know, find some success playing against schools that have, that have been a lot better than us as, as far as having feeder programs and, and basketball, traditional basketball success. When you talk about Williamstowns and Clearviews and Kingsways and things like that was just the conference we were in for most of that time. Um, our 2016 team, um, was, was exceptional. Um, we had a freshman come in by the name of uh, Azana Baines, who was uh, phenomenal, um, scored close to 500 points for me as a freshman, um, who, who was, you know, could have been player of the year as a freshman, quite honestly. You know, they gave that award to freshmen, um, who was unreal. And my team that year, I had four six-footers on my team. Um, we were ginormous. We got, into, we got into a, a zone when we would play a zone, there was nowhere to go. Um, you know, and I had a couple kids who could shoot, you know, I had, um, a dominant post player in Ayana Bay. Um, and we were really good. We ended up being 27, I think 27, 28 and two, 27 and two, something like that. Um, ended up losing the South Jersey semis, um, after in the game before that I lost two starters. And, uh, so we played the South Jersey semis. And we lost uh, by one uh, in the South Jersey semis, Times River East, in a real good game. Um, you know, and then two years ago, we riled off 16 wins in a row to start the season. 
um, with a real nice group of kids that I had um, led by a girl named Zamira Montgomery, who ended up averaging 19 points a game, um, you know, and, and uh, Tara Dyro, who was one of the leaders in the States in blocks, um, and a couple other kids who just worked their way up through my program and, and learn how to play and learn how to play together. Um, and we ended up uh, winning a game or two and winning a game in the playoffs and then going down and facing uh, that Jay Handy guy uh, down at Winslow. Well, um, you know, the, that Winslow team down there and uh, losing down there um, to a real good Winslow team in, in the playoffs. But, you know, we, we've had some success um, and, uh, you know, we do what we can. And, uh, you know, my, I love my kids. I wouldn't trade them. They, they work really hard for me. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds like you had, you know, I guess like a roller coaster ride seems like, but that's part of growth. You know, you you get good classes of kids where um, you have a really strong program and they work their way through the program and then it's time to build again and kind of climb that mountain again, which is fine. I mean, and that's what basketball is all about. I mean, it's about longevity. It's about you know, being committed to a program. It's about uh, working with the kids, you know, seeing the talent that you got, figure out their level and then trying to bring out the best in them, which is, you know, it seems like exactly what you're doing. So talk about, um, you know, how, how things were last year so that we can get maybe caught up to date a little bit. So yeah. how did things yeah. go and where so, are they going? So last year, coming into last year, we graduated about 95% of our scoring from the year before. Um, I graduated, like I said, I graduated a real nice group of seniors um, yeah, and a nice group of kids who had worked their way up through my program and, and had uh, um, learned how to play really well and, and play really well together and and knew how to do things for me and, and knew how to play really, you know, like could, could really go. I mean, they could go. Um, we graduated that group and coming in last year, I had basically one returning varsity player um, who saw a lot of minutes for me the previous year. And that was a girl named Emily Leary. Um, and then coming into last year, um, that player um, got hit with a horrible health diagnosis. She actually was uh, diagnosed with cancer right before the season started. Um, so she um, had two surgeries in November um, and uh, thankfully was, you know, was able to be cleared of cancer. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we were missing her, you know, our only returning varsity player, um, we're missing her for, for the, the first part of the season and her leadership is a two-year captain as well. Um, and, uh, you know, not, not, she's a kid who isn't going to go out and score 30 points a game for you and stuff like that, but that, you know, the leadership, the, the confidence on the floor, the knowing what the coach wants you to do and stuff like that, not having that and having to put five new kids on the floor is tough. Um, so my, my best player last year was actually a freshman. Um, I had a girl come in named Hope Goodwine, who, uh, who's exceptional. She's very, very good. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a learning, learning process, me learning her and her learning me. <clears throat> she came from uh, one of our middle schools, um, somehow didn't get chosen for the uh, eighth grade all-star game. I don't understand how, even though she averaged 30 points a game as an eighth grader. Um, but uh, she came in um, and uh, she, she scored a whole bunch of points for us last year. She uh, averaged, averaged about 17 points a game when she was the only kid on the floor who could score at times and people would literally triple team her, um, which is hard to do to a point guard, but teams figured it out. Like people would just chase her around and she would still score. Um, you know, first team, she was a first team all conference, uh, the second highest field getter in our, in our conference um, behind Peyton Gilmore, um, who was a real nice player. And uh, you know, she, she did a great job. Um, and, but we struggled last year, you know, we, we struggled to find our identity. Um, you know, we struggled to find, <laughs> uh, who we were, you know, after losing that group of kids. Um, and it was a, it was a rebuild year. So did you have a game last year that kind of stands out in your mind? <laughs> that you, would, you know, that you would think would be a special game for you? I do. Coach? You know, we, um, we, we, like I said, we, we played the first part of the year last year without, without, uh, Emily Leary. Um, and it was difficult, you know, having, having being told that a 17 year old kid has cancer is tough and it kind of, kind of hits you, hits pretty hard. Um, and we weren't sure when she was coming back. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> we knew that she was able to start working out a little bit at the beginning of January. Um, and, uh, you know, 
she wasn't even suiting up yet. She wasn't even a full go yet. And then uh, we played Haddon Township early in January. And uh, she was able to get into the game. And that was probably the best moment for, for me um, was just getting her back on the floor. She only played about six minutes the whole game. But just getting her into the game and letting her get out there and play, like, you know, I, I told you, I, I treat my kids like they're my, my daughters. So, like, seeing her out there and playing and moving around. The other special moment probably was uh, we went and played Haddon Heights at Haddon Heights. Um, and uh, Lauren Kendra is the head coach over there and, and great, great people over at Haddon Heights. I love the people over at Haddon Heights. Um, you know, they did a, uh, they did a uh, fundraiser, um, a, a cancer game fundraiser and donated it to our program. Um, we actually had another kid in our program last year, a freshman basketball player who had cancer as well. Um, so we actually donated the money to her family. Her family was was in need. So we actually donated the money to her family um, after that game. So we really appreciated what Haddon Heights did for us as well. That was, that was actually really special. By the way, both those games were losses for us. So, you know, it, it, wins and losses sometimes aren't what matters to us. It's, it's more about what it, what is important. Yeah. And if that doesn't, you know, prove that we're a community, I don't know what does the fact that you have other schools that are rallying around <laughs> other players that aren't even on from their school. They're not, you know, I mean, they're from different towns, but you know, they see a need and they want to support. And I think it's, that's what, you know, I think the whole game of basketball is about, but I think that's what's special about South Jersey as well. You know, yeah, they're willing right. and they're will, they're ready, willing and able uh, to step up when need be. And it's not the first time that uh, Haddon Heights has done that in the past, you know, because yeah. I know that at Audubon, there was a player that was, you know, sickly as well going back three or four years ago. And that same thing happened where they worked together and they will, they were able to raise money um, for her. And I just think it's, it's just great because it helps to raise spirits. Uh, and it just goes to show you that it's more than just about basketball. Yeah. You know? no, they're, they're great people over there. And, and uh, you know, I, I was actually for a hot minute, I was the head coach at Haddon Heights um, uh, back, you know, for one year there before I, I got hired, at, you know, before I came back over to Highland, but um, you know, I, I, I love that community. It's a great community it's a wonderful community and the people there are just fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I incredible, I still have the picture on my phone. I go back and look at it, both of our teams together with our shirts on and, 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 uh, you know, it was almost one of the pictures I sent you. Uh, I almost considered, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know, I didn't feel comfortable sending it with, with all, with all the different people in it. I, I, you know, it was a little uncomfortable sending it because it did not get permission first, but I almost sent that picture to you as, uh, one of the, the important pictures to me. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually pretty cool. And you know, I I love Haddon Heights. My niece is over there, so yeah, uh, we know the coaches very well. I mean, we've grown up with them, so I mean, they're just you know, like I said, just another team in the community that's that just stand out in a different way besides basketball. And to me, yeah. that's just very very impressive. I, I just love sure. hearing those stories. So you know, let's talk about this year. You know, things have definitely changed. I mean, you know, we live in a whole different world. I mean, you're you're an educator. I mean, I remember it, at least in this area, it was March 13th. March 13th. We left school, and I remember that I was sitting here and I, and I was watching, I think it was Twitter uh, at the time, or maybe Facebook Live. And um, Herb Conway, who was like a freeholder or something like that around here, he's from the Department of Health in Burlington County. Mm -hmm. And he basically went on and said, We're going to shut schools down until spring break. And I was like, This guy's nuts. Five weeks, six weeks? That's like so long. It's almost a year. Yeah. So, you know, here we are today. I'll tell you what, it, it's been as an educator, um, it, it's been the hardest year. It's it's I tell people all the time I've been an I've been an educator for 21 years yeah. and, uh, you know, not to uh, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. Every year that we've had ratings have been highly effective. I teach advanced class, advanced placement classes. Um, you know, I take my job very seriously. This is the hardest I've ever, ever hardest time I've ever had to be a teacher. I, I feel like a first year teacher every day, um, trying to figure out what to do, how to engage kids, how to get them to not be this the whole time. I, you know, looking at my forehead. Um, and sorry, that probably wasn't great for the podcast. I apologize. <laughs> Told you I'm a little awkward. Um, but you know, it is. This has been the hardest year ever for to be an educator. But I'll tell you what, even worse than that, 
I feel so bad for our kids, man. Like this has been educationally devastating for our kids, athletically devastating for our kids. Look at look at your daughter, man. Like as a freshman last year, she should have been playing for a state championship, right? Yeah. She gets it what the day before that that the game's canceled. And they found that on Twitter. The coach yeah. didn't even tell them. They found it on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, he didn't even like I. You know, he didn't even know. The kids found out before he did. <clears throat> I mean, that's just you know, that's just awful. Um, you know, and, and you understand why. I mean, you get it. Why you get it? You get it. It's it stinks. You know, you have you have entire groups of kids that lost an entire season last year. Yeah. You know, your spring athletes lost an entire season last year. Um, uh, you know, I feel I feel so awful for these kids, and then. You know, I'm just so thankful as a coach that my kids are getting a season right now, quite honestly. Uh, I'm so thankful that my kids are having the opportunity to play, you know, and, and back on wood, we've made it through the season as healthy as we possibly could. Um, we've had an issue over the last week or so. I was actually down to about eight, eight or nine kids on, uh, well, eight, I'll say eight and a half. One kid was, uh, I didn't feel comfortable putting her in the game because of her, because of her injury, but you know, we were down to about eight and a half kids on, on Thursday. Oh uh, no, Tuesday, excuse me. I don't, I don't even know what day of the week it is. <laughs> Today's Thursday, isn't it? Um, on Tuesday, we were down to about eight and a half kids on Tuesday uh, for our, for our game that we had the other day um, because of health and, and injury and, and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, you, you're just doing what you can to survive and, and making sure that the kids have the opportunity to play. Um, I'm excited for them. I actually did an interview last night with, uh, with, uh, Matt from South Jersey sports weekly. Awesome. Um, you know, I'm excited that the kids are going to have the opportunity to have, um, their parents in the stands, you know, yeah. the support system there. I'm sure you're excited about that. Mike, you get to go see Gabby play. Finally, we've been waiting. Yeah. yeah. Right. And not watch it on a screen and hope that it, you know, hope that it doesn't like glitch out on you. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, uh, you know, I, these kids have lost so much, you know, I see what my daughter, like my daughter's, you know, you know, virtual some of the time. Um, and, and I see what she has to do. And I, I feel so awful for these kids, man. Like, like, it's just, it's just not right. I mean, it's as tough as it is on us adults, man, it's, it's 10 times worse for these kids. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, the, the, I mean, the problem you're dealing with is uncertainty and inconsistency because, you know, at the drop of a hat, you're going remote. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're showing up for two weeks, and it's like the kids can't adjust. Sometimes their stuff, if they're doing hybrid, their stuff's in school. Yeah, you know, it happened to my kid on Friday. Mike, it happened to my kid last Friday. We got a we got a phone call last Friday that our entire class got put out. Last Friday. Yeah. We had no idea. And so I had to be remote all week. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, and, you, and she didn't have anything home with her. She had her yeah. math book. That was it. None of her other books. It's, uh, I have to tell you, I, I was talking to um, Mike Brunswick from Morristown Friends. I mean, this is before the podcast. I didn't share it on the podcast. But, um, you know, I was working with students this week. Um, and I saw this video. And I, I'm going to share it with you after. I'll send you a, a link. But basically, it was this girl. And she was from Canada. And I think she was given an assignment. And basically, the assignment was she had to portray how quarantine, uh, you know, affects her. Mm -hmm. So she made a three-minute video, and it was just super powerful. I mean, it made me definitely, um, you know, think twice about the way I was thinking about my daughter and, you know, treating them. Because, you know, a lot of times they just lock themselves in the room all the time. Mm -hmm. like, what are they doing now? Oh, they're in the room. Like, are they studying now? They're just in the room, and they're in the room all the time. And basically in this video, it's this girl, and she has, you know, a picture of the room, and she has a laptop. She puts it on the on the bed, and she looks, and you see pictures of, like, you know, her and her friends, like at different events, like barbecues, swimming, this and that. And you hear kids playing. It's, it's cool. And then all of a sudden, it, it, you know, shows the picture of the laptop. And, and, you know, from being a teacher, you know, the Google Classroom, work, 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 missing assignments, due, overdue, whatever. And it's like late and it's coming through. And then you see all these emails and you see, you know, piled up emails and emails. And then the last minute's the most powerful. It basically flashes to different pictures of the girl for one minute in different outfits and different emotions, happy, sad, screaming, crying, frustrated. And it's just like, it just totally portrays what's happening. And I think what's happening to me, I, I, I learned from that is, you know, the kids basically are in the room. They go get something to eat. They go back to the room. They go watch TV for a little bit. They go back to the room. I mean, they don't interact with anything or anybody. And I think, you know, to me, the room used to be a safe place. You go relax. You, but now it's like, 
a prison almost where they're kind mm -hmm. of stuck and they can't get past those walls. And, and to me, like, that's the worst thing that happened while was, with all this COVID. And I know it's off topic from the podcast, but I just want to see these kids have more opportunities and I want to see things open up. And if it means me wearing my mask, I'll do whatever I need to take. I originally wasn't a, a, a person that wanted to get a vaccine. My wife actually, nobody knows this, but my wife was extremely sick from COVID and she was, she was hospitalized for six weeks. So, you know, we, she's a long hauler now and she's going for treatments, you know, still to this day because she still has complications, you know, so, so I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but you know, I'm actually thinking I'm going to get that vaccine because I yeah, want to yeah. be able to have, first of all, my life and my freedom, but I also want to be uh, a part of the solution too. And I think yeah. if we don't do something about it, then our kids will never have that life back. And I yeah. wanted to have my kids to have their life back. I don't want to have your kids have the life back, you know? I'm right there with you, man. I, I, listen, it's, we we need to do whatever we can to get out of this, yeah. you know, ever, you know, get our vaccines, get our, get ourselves back to where we need to be, you know, get our businesses open. Listen, I know you're a business owner. Yeah. I'm sure you want to get back to normal business. And, you know, you know, my, you know, we talked earlier about my buddies who own business downtown and stuff like that. They want to be able to have their norm, you know, they're not operating normally and stuff like that. Um, you know, I want my kid to be able to go to the park normally and, you know, you, this town, like go ride or bike around and stuff like that without having to wear a mask and, and things like that. And it's, you know, go to school and, and, you know, do those things. And I want to be able to do those things, man. I'll tell you what, I, I don't leave my house. I leave my house to go to work and I come back and that's all I do. And, and it gets, it gets old, it gets lonely. It, it gets, it gets tiring. You know, I love my family, but you know, it's like, we don't get to go do stuff, you know? And it's like, like, I want to be able to take my kid to see wonderful places and do wonderful things. And, you know, maybe if I want to sign her up for, you know, karate class, we can go do that. You know what I mean? But like, what do you do, man? Like, it's, it's, it's just, it, like, this has been so hard on these. I feel so bad for our kids, man. Like, like, and, and it's just, it's just not right. It's just, we need to, I just can't wait till this is over, you know, until we can get back to normal as best as possible. I'm right there with you, bro. Yeah, man, it, it's going to take some time, but I think it's going to, it's getting better. It really is. And I mean, just the, the fact that parents are allowed to go back into the gyms, I mean, that's going to give the kids a somewhat like normal feel. I know some parents are kind of crazy and they're yelling and screaming. They're probably better off not being in the gym. I mean, maybe. And I, the one thing I noticed, though, with people wearing masks, a lot of them were less likely to scream at the officials and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. One of the other reasons why I got into like taking pictures and videos and this podcast is it makes me be quiet. So if I'm taking pictures and I'm taking video, then I'm not the crazy parent yelling and screaming on the court. So it kind of has gotten me settled down. So for, you know, your stories about, you know, coaches yelling at the referees, I won't say I ever yelled at a referee, but I was always the one that was like, oh man, you know, like, oh, like, you know, making all these noises. And you know what happens? I realize I'm taking away from my kids' experience. Because yeah. every time I say something or if I make a comment, they get embarrassed or you know what I mean and it's distracting them so I just learned that I have to find things on my own because it's not about me anymore it's about my kids and about letting them have their experience so I mean th that was a learning experience and I wasn't the best coming up but you know it's gotten better so I learned to take pictures I learned to take video and now with the podcast this is where I'll spend my energy I meet some friends meet, meet some new people you know learn sure. about kids learn about their programs this is fantastic yeah. so what are some, what are some positive things that you can look forward to uh, this year, you know, uh, I know that we only have 15 games, but like, what are you trying to uh, gear your team to, to look forward towards and, and what are your goals um, towards for this year? So I'll tell you what, um, I've been pleasantly surprised this year and, and our goal is to be competitive for our division. We, you know, we're doing division, we're, you know, we're playing for a division um, title. Um, we're being competitive for a division title. Um, you know, we have a big challenge in front of us. Delcy is our, you know, returning champion. They returned just about everybody from their team last year, minus one player who was a very good player, a girl named Camille Morton. Um, but they, uh, you know, we, we, we think we can compete with them. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a great group of new players that came in this year. Um, I, you know, I have a freshman girl named uh, Breland Leary, who, who is a real nice player. I have a freshman named Daisha Mack, who is a real nice player. Um, you know, um, and then, uh, you know, I have, uh, Hope Goodwine, um, as a sophomore this year, 
um, who, who's a real nice player. And then I have a couple of juniors who, after getting beat up, getting beat around last year in that year where we got beat up, a uh, girl named Ashley Dean and Sydney Wright, um, who are just just know what I want them to do. And they just go out and do it, you know, and they, they go out and play above their head um, height wise. You know, they're not they're not afraid to go compete. Um, they play real hard and and uh, we're, we're being real competitive right now. You know, we're we're we you know, we're still getting we're still learning. We're we're making young, young, silly mistakes at times, um, as will happen with three freshmen on the floor sometimes. But we're also being pretty competitive. You know, we're 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 at six and two right now um, and uh, we're undefeated in our division right now with three big division games coming up with Delcy Deptford and uh, Triton over the next couple over the next five days, I think four or five days. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we'd like to, you know, stay in that driver's seat and uh, compete for that title. Um, so that's our goal. Um, we do have a three game um, Tri-County playoff, which I don't know. Uh, we really haven't got the uh, details on what that means yet. Um, so, uh, you know, our goal is to be competitive and, and learn and continue to grow as a group and, and get better uh, for next year. So I think the biggest key now is just to keep like, all the teams healthy. Oh, so that, that, that first. Otherwise, you're going to need that for just makeup games and things like that. Um, yeah, number, number one. I, in fact, I had that on my I thing to say. Number one is to stay healthy and stay safe and keep everybody healthy and safe. That, yeah. that is always number one. And, I'm, and I apologize that I forgot to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what I probably was going to lead to next was I was going to ask you about, you know, because you talked about <laughs> earlier leaders. So I wanted to know, like, you know, what do you expect from your from your captains on your team? And then I was going to ask you, you know, the keys to your success. Obviously, you said, you know, staying healthy, but what are some other some keys to success? So your captains and keys to success for this year. So I think, uh, you know, as far as what I want for my captains, I think that, you know, I, I want my captains to kind of be an extension of my voice, um, an extension of my coaching staff's voice. My coaching staff, I love my coaching staff right now. I have a, uh, my, my longtime assistant, a guy named Jeremy Smith, who I've worked with for 21 years now. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's, he's just the guy that you want to coach with you. He does everything you ask him to do. Never, never, you know, says boo about anything. We'll do, you know, just anything you need him to do. He does it for you. He's a great coach, great guy, loves the kids. And then, uh, you know, Brian Leary, um, coach Brian Leary is my other assistant coach right now. And he, he's another fantastic, fantastic coaching mind who, who, um, you know, he's right now, my coach is, goes out and like, you know, he, if I need someone to jump on the kids and get after him, he goes out and jumps on the kids and get after him. Now he has an advantage, his kids on my team. So he can yell at his daughter if he needs to like really yell at her. But, um, you know, and the kids kind of respond to him a little bit differently because, you know, they, they, you know, he's, he's dad sometimes, you know, um, but, uh, you know, he's been on my staff for a number of years now. Um, and he's our head football coach. Funny, both of my, both of my assistant coaches are football coaches and they coach basketball sometimes like they coach football, which I don't know if you've ever seen a football coach coach, but, uh, you know, they, they coach a little bit differently, but, uh, you know, my, my leaders, you know, the kid, the kids that I want to be my leaders need to be an extension of my voice. You know, you, you can't be the coach, you know, who is, as the coach, you can't be the one who's demanding and demanding and demanding all the time. That has to come from the kids sometimes. You know, the kids have to police each other, police themselves sometimes. The kids have to get after each other sometimes, not in a negative way. I, I think that gets misconstrued. I think the kids, you know, sometimes kids think being a leader is screaming at each other and like, ah. Um, you know, it, it has to be the motivational thing of, hey, come on, let's go, let's go, pick it up, let's go, let's get after it. You know, we, we, we have the expectation that if we're doing a drill, if you're not actually engaged in that drill, you're supposed to be encouraging your teammates. Well, the leaders are the ones who jump on the jump on you if you're not doing that. Um, in our gym, you're never allowed to work, say the word, I can't. So if somebody says that word, I can't, everything stops and everybody does push-ups. Um, you know, and, and the leaders police that. Um, so that's the type of stuff that I, I look for them to, you know, I look for them to, um, to help us with and, and to get after. And then sometimes, you know, like I said, I, you know, we believe in scold and scold in private praise in public. You know, there's some times where I'll take my leader aside and be like, listen, either you're going to motivate them or I'm going to motivate them. Things aren't going the way we want it. You go motivate them or I'm going to motivate them. And, and those kids know that that at that point they need to go 
get the troops going, get the kids moving and, and, and get that turned around. So, you know, that's kind of what they do. And then of course their, their, their biggest job is probably after it is me, the one that has to go out and motivate them. They're the one that has to basically get them, you know, make sure that their, their feelings are okay. Yeah. It's hard, man, because you just, you play so many different roles and, you know, it's like, you don't ever want to have to be the tough guy, but you know, if they're not understanding, getting the message, you know, one way you're going to have to deliver the message somehow. So they're going to understand. Yeah. So it's good to have all hands on deck and, and really a lot of support from your, from your coaches and also from, from the captains, you know, and that way it can trickle down and, and get the message across. And also, so it'll benefit the program, you know, sure. and really, it's not, you're just not singling out one person. It's the team that needs to step up and uh, try to really try to correct the different mistakes, things like that, which is perfect. Yeah, what sure. about your, what about your keys to success? Um, what do you you know, our key. Our keys to success this year, man, like, again, first and foremost, stay healthy, get healthy, because as I said, we were, we were, we've been pretty banged up this week, um, get healthy, um, and then stay healthy, um, and then, you know, our youth, man, our, our youth, we got to just keep, continue to develop, um, continue to grow and, and develop as a group, um, you know, at times we have three freshmen on the floor, you know, that, that's, you know, that is what it is, and, you know, one of those freshmen has never been coached before. She's, this is her first year playing real organized basketball. So, you know, she's, she's athletic, she's raw, you know, but she, she does things like a kid who's never been coached before. So understanding that, you know, you, you just have to continue to develop them and get them to playing the way that we're trying to play now. Um, Cause it's completely different than we've ever played before based on, you know, who, who our makeup is at this point. Yeah. So we're getting to the end and I always ask, you know, for coaches input and, uh, and their ideas, you know, um, to me, you know, South Jersey girls basketball really needs more coverage. It needs more, um, more press. And I think it's starting to come around again. I mean, there was a time in the last couple of years, I think that it kind of, you know, and with the crashing of the papers and papers merging and folding and, you know, people going away from print and going to digital now, like it started to kind of die off. Uh, but I've seen a resurgence this year as far as coverage. And we were talking about that earlier, you mm -hmm. know, with the Courier Post now is bringing back their, your mean 15, um, you know, with, uh, with Tom Rimback and, uh, and McGurk. Yeah. And then also uh, Kevin Emmons. Um, he's also been doing some stuff. Um, and then there's other, other local guys that are smaller, like, you know, Mike from SJBIT, who's always, you know, putting the scores out there and he's trying to do something positive. So, you know, there, there is some energy going, but, you know, what do you think that we can do um, here in South Jersey to build up, you know, our, I guess, so quote unquote brand? Yeah. Uh, our um, you know, I, I'm, I'm right there with you with the coverage, man. I, I, you know, and I'm not sure what the, what the answer 100% is. Um, but I, I, I do think it's, I do think it's sad over the last several years. Um, you know, I knew, I know, you know, back in the day when people used to actually read newspapers, um, you know, they used to do great articles. I mean, I know there used to be like full page, the, you know, the varsity section of the newspaper would be awesome. And there used to be great spreads with the box scores and the articles and the profiles of the kids and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, the internet's basically taking that over at this point. And, and I, I think the problematic thing, and you and I talked about this earlier, is that everything is a subscription now. Everything is a subscription now. Um, and you have to subscribe to all these different, different um, uh, sites uh, to get content, um, which I get, I, you know, I get that they're, you know, it's, it's capitalism and they're trying to make money. And, and I completely understand that. But, you know, it, it's just tough, you know, it, it's, uh, and it, it gets hard to, it gets hard to even support them all, because how many are you going to support? You know, there's, I can think of four off the top of my head that I could go right now and support. And then my wife would get upset with me that I'm spending all this money. Um, you know, I do love the fact that, you know, I'm like Hallahan and SJIBT is, you know, doing his weekly, his weekly telecast and, you know, he's doing his, his, his work and he does, he does great stuff and has been for, uh, I want to say 12, 
13 years, like I know it's wrong. Don't don't text me and yell at me. Um, <laughs> however many years that the SJ, I, I'll get a text. I know I'll get a text. Um, but how many ever, however many years the SJIBT has been going now, I'm pretty sure it's 13. Um, you know, and he does great work with that and does a great job. Um, and uh, you know, with, with you now, Mike, with with your with your work that you've been doing, and, and I know you can your your intention is to expand on on all that. Um, but you look at a guy like, uh, and I know you mentioned him earlier, like a tiny green up at the shore, dude, that guy, there is no bigger cheerleader for shore basketball. Now, now some of the stuff that that guy puts out, I mean, he, and he's, he's hilarious, man. That dude tweets like 45, 50 times a day. Um, and some of it, you're like, like, what, what, what are you talking about tiny? But like, man, like, I'll tell you what, he gets his kids recognition, man. He gets his kids noticed. He gets his kids, he gets those teams press. He gets those teams, everything. Um, you know, there's no greater cheerleader up there and there's no greater person getting that, those kids information and people listen to them. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I think that that's where this is going to go. Quite honestly, I think you're going to see more um, people like um, Mike Callahan or Mike Ristento, um, people like that who are going to, you know, do their own little, you know, do their own podcast or do their own um, type of um you know, content like that. And I think that's where we're probably going to end up going. Yeah. I just, um, I just would love to see it grow and, and continue to grow. Uh, you know, one of the things I brought up is, you know, and I think maybe you can relate to it when you were a kid growing up, like the kids from the other town or the other school were like your arch enemy, like your ultimate rivals. And I think that, you know, we've got to get past that, you know, like you have some sister schools in your district. You said Timber Creek, and Triton. I mean, obviously, when you're on the court, you know, I mean, they're your adversary. But really, I mean, if we promote them and we promote each other, we're helping ourselves, especially if they're a good team and you, you can give them a good game. It only, you know, furthers your name and, and builds your brand and builds your program. So I yeah. think that, you know, um, schools need to be some be some more supportive. And that's happening. It definitely is. I, I see that around um, they're liking each other's posts or commenting on each other. Um, but that's got to happen, you know, more, even if it's not in your area, I think you support. Um, the other thing, too, is parents have to start doing it more. And I know we're in, a, we're in an era where, you know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we always want to tell the world about our kids. Um, but the problem you run into about that is eventually people stop listening. And it's, it's nothing, no offense to anybody. Um, you know, I know you love your kids. I love my kids. Right. But if you're if you're only out there for yourself, then you're not going to get anything in return. So I think that if you can use social media as a way to build relationships with other people, we're all going to we're all going to benefit. You know, so if you play a great game, why can't you congratulate another player, another team and say, hey, great job. You know, great. Uh, keep keep up the good work or, you know, let's you can't wait till we play again next time. So I just think that the community itself needs to kind of rally together and if anybody's doing well like the year that you guys were number 22 in the country let's all cheer for for you i mean right, right. now um paul the six went up to uh st john vianney and i mean they basically hung with st john vianney it wasn't until the last couple of minutes uh, of the game where the game opened up but i mean it was a close game the whole time that puts out jersey on the map you know yes. and we can all be happy for them so and we can support them and we can support their players. And I think that's what needs to be done. So yeah, no. And then and then the next day, I think it was the next day beat Stuart Day, right? Yeah. Yes. And then the next day she beat Stuart Day. You know, they 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 uh, the Eagles beat Stuart Day. So, you know, I, I agree with you. And and I, you know, I try to I try my best to do that when, you know, I see teams go up and, you know, have a great win or something like that. I, I commented on it. I like seeing, you know, I'm I'm, you know, I don't know if you've seen my Twitter. I'm stupid on Twitter. I'm like, 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 like stupid comment, stupid comment. I'm, I'm awkward as anything. And, you know, and, and people watching this who know me are laughing because they're like, yeah, he's stupid, awkward, but I, I don't care. I'd like, you know, I, I, I just want to grow the game. I promote, you know, I want people to get recognition and, and to have, um, you know, the, the, um, the greatest amount of uh, recognition as possible and, and the greatest experience as possible. The, you know, the, the, uh, it's all about kids, man. I want the kids to have fun. I want the kids to have great experience and, you know, the, and to enjoy it, uh, you know, and, and to, to love, to love this game. This is, that's, uh, that's what it's really about. Yeah, exactly. I would love to see them develop more of a sisterhood, you know, knowing that if you come from, you know, from South Jersey, 
you know, uh, realize we're all from the, we're from the same area. It's like, you know, when we go somewhere and everybody says, where are you from? Oh, we're from Philly. We always say we're from Philly because nobody knows, you know, if I say Marlton, everybody's like, where's that? You know, right, but if right. I say Philly, everybody knows Philadelphia, you know, right. and you're proud to say that you're from the area, you know, just like the people right. that are down the shore, they're proud from where they're at. You know, oh. I think that the more we can, you know, be proud of where we come from and we can support others that come from our area, I think it's only going to benefit everybody. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So let's uh, let's get ready to wrap things up. I know you have some things going on. I yep. really appreciate everything, you know, uh, you know, the, the, you know, just coming on the podcast, you know, sharing your stories. You know, I wish you the best of luck when I will continue to support your program and, uh, you know, hope to talk to you soon and catch up soon. OK, appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. And uh, good luck to you and good luck to Gabby. And uh, I will talk to you real soon. All right, pal. Take care. All right. Bye, guys.